0: Another episode of Radio Rounds, the podcast interview series presented by St. Louis Children's Hospital, featuring leading Washington University physicians
1: covering pediatric topics of interest to doctors and healthcare professionals. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to the show. Our topic today is pediatric psychiatry telephone consultations. And my guest is Dr. Ginger Nickel. She's a Washington University child and adolescent psychiatrist at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Dr. Nickel, tell us about the breadth of psychiatry services offered at St. Louis Children's Hospital and some of the conditions that you see every day.
0: Well, so hi, Melanie. It's nice to be on your show. Um, so the breadth of services really, um, you know, we have a lot of wonderful expertise in child psychiatry that's pretty rare, uh, but we also do general psychiatry. We have a very robust consult service within the hospital, so any child who's hospitalized it, St. Louis Children's Hospital with a mental health condition in addition to their medical issue receives really expert um, consultation service and mental health care while they're inpatients. We also have an outpatient um, child and family center where we see children and their families from preschool and infancy all the way up into young adulthood. Um, And we have many specialty areas that are covered, preschool psychiatry, autism, early onset psychosis, depression, anxiety, obesity, eating disorders. So we really cover a very broad spectrum, I would say.
1: Tell us about some of the expertise. You mentioned it just a little bit there of the Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Center staff. Tell us about your team.
0: So we have several um, really expert attending child and adolescent psychiatrists who've been here for a number of years um, who do really um, important uh, nationally and internationally recognized clinical research in these areas. Um, I mentioned um, preschool psychiatry. Um, we also have an infant psychiatry specialist, um, infant and mother um, psychiatry, and then we also have... a pretty robust um, autism research group here that also has a clinical center that's part of our clinic. Um, We have, like I said, individual faculty members who specialize in childhood onset anxiety disorders, um, depression, suicidality, um, eating disorders, and then we also have expertise in child trauma Um, and a pretty robust clinic around uh, working with families and children who've been traumatized and trying to reunite them um, and work through that.
1: When do you feel it's important to seek a pediatric-trained psychiatrist, and what would you like pediatricians to know about that and when to refer?
0: Well, I'm really glad that you brought that up because, as you know, there are just not enough child psychiatrists in this country, we've really been facing a shortage for a number of years, Um, and despite a lot of heroic efforts at the national level to increase our workforce, we still have not enough child psychiatrists, and so here at Washington University, we've been trying to tackle that issue as best we can by, of course, training more child psychiatrists, but then also trying to reach out into the community to work with our partners in primary care. Because they are really the ones who are seeing these kids on the front lines and they're having to do sort of the first line of treatment, often without very much help. Um, so we wanted to try and, uh, you know, reach out to them and provide a resource because here we have all this expertise and we may not have enough people to actually see the patients, but we certainly have the ability to reach out and partner and so our pediatrician partners in the community that are already a part of the St. Louis Children's Hospital sort of network um, often do kind of informally contact us and ask us questions. You know, I have a patient who looks depressed and you know, what's the first line treatment? um, Sort of questions like that. Some of the common things that pediatricians encounter might be depression, ADHD, anxiety. Those are really, I think, the top three And then, of course, developmental disorders like autism. And so, you know, like I said, I think those are very common things that pediatricians encounter and usually can kind of do the first step of treatment. But then when that doesn't work or things get more complicated or it looks like there's more than one thing going on, many children have two diagnoses, so it's pretty common to have ADHD plus something else, Um, then that's when usually a pediatrician would contact us and say, hey, we need a little bit of help here. What do you recommend? What's the next step?
1: Such an important point, Dr. Nickel, given the national shortage of child mental health specialists and and the continuing role that pediatricians are going to play. So now tell us how this telephone consult service came to fruition.
0: Well, it really came out of just sort of Selfishly, um, my wanting to, to help us kind of reach out into the community, we have an unusual service at Children's Hospital in that we don't have an inpatient unit. And so, you know, as child psychiatry at the hospital, we have sort of a different way of interacting with our partners that are admitting patients, but also with the community. Um, so we actually didn't have a consultation hotline like many of the other services did, And we knew that this was happening informally, and we wanted to try and make it a more formal way to work with our partners in the community, given the shortage and given the lack of access. So we went ahead and decided we were going to develop a workflow to be able to handle calls from pediatricians through our call center. So we basically developed a program where we could train, you know, the people answering the calls to be able to then access the child psychiatrist who is on call to answer those calls and then record the call, help us with um, facilitating, um, you know, whatever the outcome might be. It might be that we make a recommendation for, here might be the first step or the second step, or have you considered maybe these additional services in the community, or it might even be, gosh, you know, I need to send that child over to us so we can have, you know, a formal evaluation.
1: It certainly has a potential advantage over traditional models Dr Nickel doesn't it by providing that almost immediate access to specialists while potentially enhancing a pediatrician's understanding of this mental health treatment so is this service unique to the area do are, are any other hospitals offering it and if they are what makes yours different
0: Oh it's a good question so so this sort of telephonic consultation has been um Done in other states usually in a setting like Children's Hospital Wash U, so sort of in the academic kind of um, milieu, if you will. Um, And this is now really an evidence-based practice. We've been able to show in other parts of the country that telephonic consultation, when it's easily, readily, immediately accessible, does help pediatricians feel more confident, competent, and it leads to better outcomes for patients. Now, of course, that doesn't answer the issue of what happens when a patient needs to be seen, and how do we deal with the waiting list, but this is a way um, to, like you said, you know help primary care doctors feel more comfortable dealing with these issues, you know, not feeling like they're out there kind of swimming with the sharks, so to speak, and without any help, um, but then also helps them learn so that each time they call, they're calling with something just a little bit more complex or different um, and really feeling like they're learning too. Um, Now, in terms of what's available in the region right now, um, currently, St. Louis Children's Hospital is the only place that has this sort of service available. Um, But really excitingly, we've been able to bring some funding into the region to be able to expand this service. And so, Um, This is, like I said, an evidence-based practice that we know will be growing, and we're really proud that we sort of started it here.
1: And what should the phone service not be used for as far as appointment, referral line, that sort of thing?
0: So I'm glad that you brought that up because, um, you know, it is not necessarily a service to call to get an appointment, Um, Now, that might be one of the outcomes of a call, but really this is a service to be able to help somebody sort of in the moment, so to speak, so that you could call and within 15 or 30 minutes get a call back from an attending psychiatrist um, here at Children's Hospital that can help you with a question that you might have. Some examples would be, um, I have a teenager who's been self-harming and she's got a history of depression. What should I be thinking about? Um, You know, have I covered all of my safety bases? Um, And that might be a situation where the patient's still in the office kind of waiting um, to determine whether she's safe to leave. Um, Another question might be, I have a 7-year-old child with ADHD, and I've already tried the first-line treatments, the stimulant medications. They didn't work. I'm not sure what to do next. That might be a situation where the child was safe to leave, but there's still a question about management that then the pediatrician can follow up on the next day after they've gotten some guidance. Um, We don't tend to um, be able to offer as much for emergency consultations, and obviously that's for safety reasons. We would just recommend, gosh, send that kid right over to our emergency room, and we'll go ahead and see them. Um, for an urgent or emergent sort of situation, but even then, um, a caller might call with an emergent situation like that, and then our staff are going to you know kind of screen for that and make sure that that issue gets addressed right away. Um, so those would be sort of some of the reasons that somebody might call that might you know get assistance um, that's useful, but for emergencies, we definitely. Um, would recommend that people come physically to be evaluated in our emergency room,
1: and does children's have psychiatry information available to patients and family as well, Dr. Nickel? Yes,
0: yeah, so there's several different ways that families can get information from you know how to access us in an appointment um, to all the way to how to navigate the system of mental health, which can be very confusing even for physicians sometimes. So we have a nice website. Um, That's got a lot of educational information. Um, We also sometimes field calls through the doctor hotline from family members, and we definitely have some resources that are specific for families. So we have um, a hotline that is specifically for families called 4514. And even though it says 4514, it's actually for all kids, and it's through our Department of Psychology at the hospital. And they can offer really helpful advice to callers during business hours about Um, you know, how to handle psychological and behavioral challenges, but then they also have a really nice um, database of uh, psychotherapy providers in the community um, and can make referrals.
1: So if a referral takes place, what can the referring physician expect from the Pediatric and Adolescent Psychiatry Center team?
0: So for a referral, um, so an outcome from a call might be a specific type of psychotherapy is recommended. So parent-child interaction therapy might be something that um, a preschool child who's acting out might really benefit from. Um, So most of our providers know who in the community provides that service and can just give the um, caller that information right away, and they can follow up on that, and it's actionable immediately. Um, Sometimes there might be um, a, a referral that's sort of, a little bit less specific. Um, so we might say, gosh, you know, there might be two or three different types of psychotherapy that might be helpful for the problem that the caller is asking assistance for. And so then we might make a referral to 4514 and say, this is the place to go for, um, you know, a more specific referral about who in the community provides that service. Um, in some cases, we might say that child really needs to be seen and has a condition that really is very unique or specific to some of the expertise that we have here um, at WashU, And so then we might say that would end up in a referral to our clinic and then we would route that um, sort of in the appropriate way. We would make sure that that call gets to the clinic and then the referral process gets started.
1: In summary, Dr. Nickel, tell other physicians what you'd like them to know about the pediatric psychiatry telephone consultation service from St. Louis Children's Hospital and when to refer.
0: So I guess what I would like for pediatricians and primary care doctors in the community to know is that we appreciate what they do. We know it's hard. Um, We know that they are doing most of the psychiatry work um, for their patients, and we want to be accessible to them. So whenever a question occurs, whether it be, is this something to worry about, or what's the next step, or is this an emergency even, Um, we want them to call and ask us for help because it's not um, something that often takes very much of our time, and we know we can be helpful that way. Um, So the hotline is from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. We tried to extend it outside of business hours to try and accommodate um, that, you know, that might be when it's easiest to call. Um, And we like to have people call whenever they need help. Um, We're very available and um, interested in talking with our partners in the community to help them better manage their patients.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Nickel, for being with us today. With the Telephone Consultation Service, primary care providers seeking advice in the management of acute and chronic pediatric behavioral health disorders have direct access to speak with a Washington University pediatric psychiatrist or a physician can refer a patient by calling Children's Direct Physician Access Line at 1-800-678-HELP. That's 1-800-678-4357. You're listening to Radio Rounds with St. Louis Children's Hospital. For more information on resources available at St. Louis Children's Hospital, you can go to stlouischildrens.org. That's stlouischildrens.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.